welcome, welcome to the Run With Us podcast, your show for everything Chicago Bulls. And now, your co-hosts, Michael Lavalarte and Kevin McKenna. Welcome back, Bulls fans. Episode 11 of the Run With Us podcast, a show brought to you by the Basketball Podcast Network. I'm Kevin, and as always, I'm joined with my co-host Michael here. It is Monday, August 29th, and the Bulls news is still dead. There's still nothing interesting happening. It's getting a little old. But hey, we are always here to give you guys a good show and make the most out of nothing. Well put, Kevin. That's, that's exactly what we're going to do today. Make yep. the most out of absolutely nothing that the Bulls have given us this week. Yeah. Which could be good and bad because no bad news has come out and no good news has come out. So I guess we could take it with a grain of salt, right? Yeah. Um, I think we're going to start off with the most interesting thing I probably saw. Kobe White has found himself in another trade rumor, this time for Isaac Okoro. Uh, that's courtesy of Bleacher Report. Right. That put these, uh, they did an article about players that could be traded, obviously, and they had the Bulls trading Kobe White to the Cavs for a young player in Isaac Okoro who was not really developed into the two-way player they thought he might be. I was really high on him coming out of the draft. I was almost thinking the Bulls should – I favored him over Patrick Williams in the draft, and I'm glad that we have Patrick Williams because while Okoro right now I think is a little bit of better of a defender, I think Patrick Williams has a lot of more opportunity to grow into his offensive player. But Okoro – has been one of the key perimeter defenders on the Cavaliers for the last few years, but his offensive game is just not where they want it to be. He's struggling to shoot the ball from outside. He can't create his own shot. He's not the greatest passer. He's a hustle guy. He plays really good defense. He's athletic. He, you know, hustles all the time. But, you know, he really doesn't fit with that team right now. And the problem is, does he fit with the Bulls? Because as much as we do need perimeter defense, how many of these wing you know, three and D guys are we going to be able to play at the same time? Yeah, and of course, the uh, trade package presented by Bleacher Report included two second-round picks as well, uh, paired with Kobe White. So for a player who's not – hasn't defined his offensive game yet, uh, we don't know exactly where he stands on offense. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, that's how I feel. I, I mean, obviously, it's just it, 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 they might have not even the Bulls probably haven't even gotten a call from the Cavaliers because let's be honest, Kobe White doesn't make a lot of sense for the Cavs because I mean they they might lose Sexton, but they have a guard who's you know obviously a perimeter oriented guard who and Darius Garland who's an All Star, an amazing player. So their focus probably isn't on trading for another young point guard. It's probably building up their wing depth and. You know, they might say Okoro is a good piece to, to flip for a, maybe a veteran. They still need another three or four position player because, I mean, Lavert and Okoro have been starters for them the last two years. So I don't th- I don't see them at calling the Bulls about Kobe White and needing in in that much of in need that much of a point guard. And like you said, it, it just doesn't really intrigue me that much to have to, for that trade to be happening. No, and 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 like you said, even for them. Isaac Okoro is a similar situation to Patrick Williams for them as he is to us, obviously minus the injuries, um, because they still want to see his potential and what he can grow into. And when you got a young guy who plays as good of defense as Isaac Okoro, that's a great foundation to build upon, and teams aren't usually willing to give them up because 
offensive ability can always be progressed and the potential can still be tapped into. So since they have a base of a very good offensive or excuse me, a very good defensive young player, unlikely that they're going to move on from him. Right. And if they do, I see them trading for another wing player or a little bit more of a proven backup point guard than Kobe White. Because they know what they're getting in Kobe White. We all know what we're getting in Kobe White. Guy who can score, just as the problem is, has been his consistency. And if he can be a consistent scorer, he obviously has a really good role in the NBA. But is it worth trading Kobe White and two second-round picks for a guy who's just going to come here and be a defensive stopper? Now, again, we need defense. It's one of the still one of the weaknesses of our team, even though we've addressed it a lot this offseason. But is Okoro the right guy to get with his inability to shoot the three and kind of a liability on offense? Obviously, he's athletic, but we have guys like that in Derek Jones. We got Dalen Terry, who's who needs to get minutes this year. You know, we have obviously Patrick Williams still too. So, if we're gonna trade Kobe, I think we should still address the power forward or center position, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean that's kind of what we all assumed was gonna happen early on. Anyway, right before right. free agency died down and all of that, or even before the end of the um, the trade deadline last year, yeah, we, we expected Kobe White to to be gone and and to bring in more depth in the front court positions. Um, so that was surprising. And then as we brought in Goron, that played even more into the idea that Kobe White would be to be traded for, like I said, depth in those front court positions. Right. So. For Kobe White to still be here, it's you know, it's there's a good chance that Kobe White actually does play for this Bulls team. And not not saying that he won't be trading the in the middle of the season, but we haven't really heard any updates about Lonzo lately. Obviously, there's rumors that he's gonna be ready by the season. There's rumors that, you know, things are a little bit worse than we think. But if Lonzo's not ready by training camp, the preseason, and obviously the start of the regular season, I mean, we do need Kobe White at that point still. As much as we don't want to say it, like obviously Caruso or Iowa will be starting. So that leaves three point guards off the bench in either Caruso or Io, then Don, uh, Drogic, sorry, and then obviously Kobe White. And with the way Billy Donovan runs his lineups, we honestly need him then. So it all falls on Lonzo. I mean, it Kobe really does. White is... And it, it sucks because I really want to see Lonzo out there. But of course, I, I, I hope we hold on to Kobe White until we know as fans what the deal is with Lonzo Ball. Kobe, Kobe White is Lonzo Ball insurance. Yes. And the Bulls are doing a good job of not forcing their hand and not trading the guy just because they want to trade him. And I know I've talked about this a lot, and that it's really a hard thing to do. You know everyone knows he's going to get traded. He's been on the trade block. They could have probably pulled the trigger on some moves that might not have returned the value, but we saw it with Lowry Markkinen. And as they held on to him nearly the whole offseason and said, we're not going to get rid of this guy until we get that value back. We don't have to get rid of him. We can still use this guy as a rotational player. So, you know, shout out to Mark Eversley and Arturis Karnasovas for holding on to Kobe White and not forcing a trade just for the sake of making the trade. Because that, that is very important to the future of this team because it's a young player that we're dealing. Yeah. The other thing I saw was the Kostas Antetokounmpo rumors that the Bulls were looking into acquiring him. That's interesting. I mean, it, I, I believe that it's non-coincidental coming af, after the <laughs> Giannis comments. Right. Um, now, this might just be a rumor 
out there to kind of feed that fire that kind of died down after Giannis made those comments. But who knows? Uh, maybe it could play into some of the Bulls' future tactics. Right, and, you know, if there's any sliver of chance that you can get Giannis and Edekumpo, you might as well do whatever it takes to get him, right? Now, I'm not saying we trade the entire team to get him, but if, you know, if he's a free agent in a few years and he has interest in Chicago, what's a better way to have him come here than one of his brothers playing on the team? I'm not saying that Coach is going to be here for multiple years, but, you know, we take this stuff with a grain of salt when we hear the Bulls are looking at him. Obviously, we know as, as much as it's nice to hear Giannis say that he could play for the Bulls, we know it's very unlikely, but... If the Bulls have some interest in, you know, his brother, obviously they're the the other two onto the Kumpo brothers haven't had quite the success in the NBA that Giannis has, but Kostas is actually an NBA champion too. So, yeah. you know, he's got some years of experience. I'm guessing he'll be more of a G League player for us, but, you know, I guess he'd be in that Justin Lewis type of role because Justin Lewis is going to be a two year player for a two way player player for us this year, but obviously he went down with a bad injury, so. Maybe we sign Costas and he sees some time in the NBA, but I I don't I, I don't think it's likely. No, no, not unlikely. But you know what is likely? Making a nice time on DraftKings. The wait is almost over. A new football season is about to begin, so get ready for the NFL Week One action with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. To celebrate the return of football, DraftKings has given new customers a can't miss offer. Bet just $5 on any football game and get $200 in free bets instantly. Do you want more action for opening night? Everyone can experience the thrill of DraftKings' early win promotion. If you get up seven, you win. Bet on any NFL team of your choice, and if your team leads by seven points during the game at any time, you get paid instantly, even if your team loses. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. And best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code TBPN to get $200 in free bets instantly when you place a $5 bet on any football game. That's code TBPN, only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Something I saw that I actually found quite interesting is on the Instagram page, I follow J-Law Ball on Instagram, and Zach Levine works out with him a lot. He works out with Caruso, works out with Levine quite often in the offseason. He works with a lot of great guys. He does, he does great. And what was awesome to see was these workout videos of Zach Levine working on his handles. Now, I could imagine that it's not otherworldly that a basketball player is working on his dribbling during the offseason. Of course not. But if this is one of Zach Levine's main focuses this offseason to improve that part of his game substantially... That could be big because right. Zach Levine has some weaknesses in his game. As great as he is and as completely content as I am with giving him the max contract, he does have some weaknesses, and ball handling is probably the biggest one. Right. He relies more on his athleticism to break defenders down than his ability to handle the basketball. I'm not saying he's a poor dribbler and he can't create his own shot using his dribbles, but you know he's not – for the kind of player Zach Levine is, his dribbling is not good enough. For no, what, for what it's it not good enough. And if he's working on that, like you said, especially with you know that that level of a trainer, we can hope to see improvement in that area. Not necessarily elite skills in that area, but you know if he can have just a tighter handle, you know, keeping the ball a little bit more on a string, we might see a different type of Zach Levine. I this year. mean, who is going to be able to guard that speed 
and jumping ability. Right. If you can break you down off the dribble both ways, because we see him favoring the right hand a lot. Yep. And that's the biggest issue. He's a little predictable. Now, he gets away with it often because it doesn't matter sometimes if you know where he's going because he can blow by you either way. But if he can develop into a more dual-handed threat, cross over both ways, and have the same intensity and speed off the dribble with his left hand, oh, my gosh. And think about it. Not only does it – it creates shots in different ways. So if he can go left, he's creating a new shot. He's – creating new driving lanes, it can also increase the likelihood of defenders playing more cautious on defense right. and, and stepping back on him a bit because they know they can get blown by mm-hmm. both directions, also create step-back opportunities and more shooting opportunities for everyone. Right. If you can create driving lanes in multiple different directions, multiple different ways, that can suck in weak side defense Strong side defense, it opens up the floor that much more. Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. Like working on his handle increases his playmaking ability too, to to be able to to get to more places on the court. And you know, the, your dribble affects the kind of pass you're going to make too. So if if Zach Levine is working on his dribbling, he's also going to be a better passer. And you know, again, that's another area of improvement that we'd like to see from Zach because you know, in Minnesota. Wow, I said that. You like said I, that like I you're say from that. Minnesota. I said that like I'm from Minnesota. That was actually pretty funny. But uh, <laughs> I, I heard it myself. Minnesota. <laughs> when he was in Minnesota, he was kind of their point guard of the future before um, Chris Dunn got drafted, and he, he played a lot of point guard. And you know, they tried to to make him into kind of a lead guard. We don't. We haven't seen that at all in Chicago. He's never really been the point guard. He's always played with other ball handlers and stuff like that. But you know, if he can take some of that that pressure off of Alonzo Ball, off of the the point guard that we run, you know, we 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 thought Demar would be more of that coming from San Antonio as a point forward. We didn't see that kind of Demar last year. We saw the scoring Demar, which obviously was great. But if Zach Levine can work on his playmaking ability and maybe average like six, five to six assists, maybe seven as a two guard, with, who obviously his usage rate is so high, then that can be huge for not only him and his individual stats, but this offense in general. Because we know how good we are when our ball movement is crisp. 30-plus assists, our win percentage skyrockets. Now, that's common for a lot of teams in the NBA. But we're no different. We're not the exception. And although we have great isolation players, that has not been the recipe for success. Last year, it was not the recipe. It's not the recipe for success for most teams, unless you've got an absolute superstar. You see, even see the teams with absolute studs. There are, I mean, the, the best teams pass the ball, and we're going to be no different. So that all that stuff plays into uh, playmaking. All that stuff plays into team basketball. It's funny to put it this way, but when these players work on their individual skills, that's how you create a team basketball atmosphere. Because the better a player can get in versatile ways, shooting the ball like a catch-and-shoot, dribbling, passing opportunities, passing in general. Right. That's that's the things that make a team better as a whole when these players work on their individual skills. And you love to see a guy who just got you know the bag still working on the fundamentals of the game, knowing where his weaknesses are and saying, all right, I still got to put work in to get better. Yeah, no, that's a great point. Yep. And another guy who's been <laughs> doing huge 
you know, for his training and his improvements this offseason is obviously Patrick Williams. And, you know, we've seen so many videos and clips of Patrick Williams and, you know, open court runs, just training and working on the mid-range, the threes, his handles, you know, his his shot creating. And, you know, we talk about Zach Levine's work ethic and DeMar DeRozan's work ethic, and Patrick Williams is right up in there in that tier. And, you know, as much as we love to talk about Patrick Williams and the potential he has, potential is great, but it's great to see him putting in the work. You know, every week we're seeing clips of him, and it, it, it's it, he's doing it the right way, and I, I think it is going to pay off for him. I, I see big things coming for Patrick Williams. What do you think his ceiling is? I mean, obviously there's been Kawhi Leonard comparisons. I don't – it takes a special player to be that kind of good – on that kind of elite on both ends of the court. I don't see Patrick Williams being ever being that kind of scorer. I hope I'm wrong. Like I hope he does develop into a player that of that caliber. I see him as a probably a borderline all-star, potentially an all-star in the NBA as a two-way player. You know, I it's just the fact that he might if the Bulls are a good team for, you know, the next 4 or 5 years if we're able to stay in contention, he might not be the main guy he might always be a second or third option and that's completely fine but he we might never see his true potential on this team if the bulls are good if things go bad and we end up having to tank again we can see a lot of patrick williams and then you know we'll see can this guy average 25 points a game but you know like i said he's got he knows what kind of work he has to do we've seen how raw he is on his offensive game on his offensive game and it's so far, we've seen his his jumper improve, his mid range improve. We've seen his handles improve, and he was injured for you know ninety percent of last year. So now a full off season to be healthy, you know, getting into year three, big things are coming for Patrick Williams. And I know Bulls fans might over exaggerate on how good this kid can be, but when he puts in this much work and does everything the right way, plus he's already a great defender in the NBA, it's hard not to be you know really excited about his potential. Given his injury history, which of course is not his fault, would you have liked to see, knowing this information, would you have liked to see our front office draft someone else, or are you completely content with the Patrick Williams draft pick? I'm very happy with the Williams draft pick because that draft ended up not being the greatest draft, especially besides the top talent with um, guys like you know Lamella Ball and Anthony Edwards, but... Patrick Williams was the fourth overall pick, and I was, I was, you know, I'm, I'm not too afraid to admit it. I was, you know, saying who is this guy when we drafted him? I was like, oh, we should have drafted Denny Avdia, and you know, even Isaac Okoro. But you know, Patrick Williams is, while he hasn't done a lot yet to show that he's in that tier, you know, he he has a potential to be one of the better rookies from this class, right. and or better players from that draft class. And his injury history doesn't really bother me that much. He was very healthy his first year, only missed I think one or two games actually, and. His second year, obviously, it was just a a, a a tough injury. He it was a what a fractured finger, wrist, fractured wrist. Yes, yep. and you know that's the type of thing that he has not had an injury history where it's like Lonzo Ball with his knee acting up all the time. It's you know he got hit, he went down hard, fractured his wrist. I don't think it's going to affect him in the long term, and I've never been really too worried about his injury history. Now the only thing is. If I'm not mistaken, going into, well, going into his rookie season, there were no summer camps, right? Because of COVID, right? Um, I believe he did suffer a minor injury 
in the off season. Was it a shoulder injury? Uh, yep. Yep. It was a shoulder injury. Would that have been going into his rookie year? Mm. No, it was going into year two because uh-huh. when we when we first saw him in the beginning of the year, he did not look good. He didn't yeah, look like yep. he was one hundred percent. And uh-huh. people were saying, you know, start Javante over him at the four, bench him, just just so he can get his feet under him a little bit. And then obviously, you know, game five he goes down against the Knicks. But yeah, it was, he's coming off something in the off season. And again, I think that's just him going. He he put so much work in the off season. I think it's nothing to be concerned about for the future. He's a durable. He's built. He's got the NBA body. So in the long run, I think we're going to be just fine with his health. And we, it's not like we don't have, you know, we have Dalen Terry now, another wing guy who can play the perimeter. You know, we have some other guys who can step in. I don't see Patrick Williams missing large extensions of time with freak injuries. You know, some bumps and breezes along the way, yeah, because he's asked to defend some of the best players in the NBA and putting his body on the line every game. But I'm not concerned about his, his injury past. Definitely not. No, I, I wouldn't be terribly concerned with it. It's just unfortunate that we right. haven't got to see enough of him. Yet. Yeah, I feel like I feel like it's, we've just been like held back of what we even if even though it's, he's only been in the NBA for two years, we see how quickly NBA players you know take that leap now. You know, year two Anthony Edwards, Lamelo Ball was already a star in his rookie year, so we want to see Patrick Williams this year. We need to see something from him because he's going to have a full off season to get to get you know ready for the season, and he's a huge part of the team now. Like he's not just you know, fourth or fifth guy now, you know, he might be asked to be fourth fourth scoring option on this team, especially if Lonzo Ball's out. And what we saw at the end of the last year and in the playoffs, we're going to need him to to step up, and we're going to need him to, to mature. And I think he's ready for it. Well said. Yeah. So I was in bed today. All right. Hmm. So we're in weird, bed today. Weird way to start this. So this morning I woke up. And I saw a clip online of some Bulls highlights. And our city jersey showed up a couple times within that highlight reel. The one from last year? The one from last year. Okay. The red city jersey. Yes. And it got me thinking about all of our past city jerseys. Now, city jerseys have been around for the past five years. Right. Five years. I've always liked our city jerseys, but I think some are better than others. Yes. So why don't we rank the past five city jerseys for the Chicago Bulls? All right. All right. I like this. I think I think five has to be the blue one. Well, let's do this first. We'll run down. Yeah, yeah. So 2017-2018 was the first year. 2017-18 yep. was the first year. Those were the white city jerseys. With the it Chicago had, and the cursive. The Chicago flag. It, well, it had the stars going stars around the, the side. side. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Those were, I like those a lot. Those were cool. The next year were the black jerseys. Yep, with the Chicago flag across the middle of the chest. Uh-huh. The red stars across the right. chest, right? The year after that, the blue jerseys. Powder blue. Powder, powder blue. blue. You can't go wrong with powder blue. But this ain't baseball. No. And I think a lot of teams also did the powder blue that year, too. It wasn't, it wasn't a bad jersey. It just wasn't as good as some of the other ones. Right. And then, obviously, the next year we had the Chicago, like, grayish. Black ones. The, black you know what was ones. interesting about that? And... I've always said this, and a lot of people disagree about me. Uh, a lot of people do disagree about me. You weren't me. a fan of those, right? A lot of people do disagree about me, but a lot of people <laughs> disagreed with me about this. It, I wasn't a fan of those. But the other thing was, the, and I'm not just saying this because of 
the way colors are distorted on TV. The official jerseys that the Bulls wore were a slightly different shade than the sold jerseys. Like, if you wanted to buy, like, not not like a knockoff jersey. Like, if you wanted to buy a nice replica jersey, the City Edition for that year, it was a slightly different shade than what the team actually wore. Not that important, but I always found that a little off. And then, of course, as I mentioned, those awesome uh, City jerseys that, that we wore this year, the red ones, very intricate, whatever, you know? Yeah. But but let's rank them. So I say we start from five all the way up to one. So my five is the powder blue jerseys. Again, not a bad jersey, just kind of plain. They went with the powder blue trend because, you know, it's it's been very popular in many sports over the last few years. Just the Bulls logo. Cool, nothing special. For my five, I'm going to go with the black ones. I, I Not uh, – the Wait, grayish black the ones. The grayish black ones. Okay, yeah. The that's what I Chicago themed gold yes. and black. Yeah. That's what I'm gonna go with. Okay, I figured you would probably put that one at five. That's fair. I know you're not too too big of a fan of those. I'm gonna go ahead and put that one at four for me. Okay. And then I'm guessing your four is gonna be the powder blue. My four, we're gonna go powder blue four. Okay. Yep. So a little bit of, you know, kind of agreement, but a little bit different in that area in the back two. For three, this is where it gets interesting. For three, I'm gonna go ahead and put the black ones with the Stripes across, with the Chicago flag across the middle. I did really like those jerseys. I just think the top two were so were so much better. I'm also going to go with the black year two city jerseys with the Chicago flag across the chest. They, they were super cool. I have one of those jerseys. Um, I have a Levine jersey in that color. They were sick, but I think um, my top two definitely beat that one. So are you going with... This is so tough. Are you going with the what well, we have the white, the original city jerseys? Yep. Or our just past year city jerseys, the red ones. Both have the cursive writing. Chicago, classic Chicago, which is awesome. The the red ones had the stripes on the side, which I really liked. On the shorts, the red ones had the pinstripes, that little section. Yeah, that was really cool that too. That was super cool. But I think I'm going to put the red, the 2021-2022 city jersey at number two. I'm as well, which would both make our number one city jersey the original white Chicago flag city jersey. I love the idea of representing the stars of the Chicago flag. And I think the color with the light blue trim around the the, uh, jersey, then the red stripes, it, it, it didn't stray too far from the regular Bulls jerseys. But it, it added so much to the jersey. And I think that the stars down the, the side of the jersey and the, 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 even the, the light blue that we have on the Chicago flag, they were, they were perfect. We, that was our best city jersey that we've had. It, I just wish our team was a little bit better that year. That's it. Yeah. I mean, that, that's what we <laughs> I remember whenever I think of that jersey, I, I think of Lowry Markkinen in, in the, in the uh, skills competition when he – Almost yes. won. He got defeated by yes. Spencer Dinwiddie, right. but he surprised a lot of people and made a little bit of a name for himself in that in that uh, skills competition. Yeah. I, I know they all wore their city jerseys that year because it was such a big deal. Yeah, those white ones definitely top dog in the city jerseys. Now the red ones are a close close second, and the red ones had so many interesting things that just dated. Right. They went into more of a a history. Yeah, a little classic theme. 
a history of the Chicago Bulls rather than a history of Chicago. Right. right. And though, you know, they honestly can be a toss-up. You could put either one at one, and I would not have a problem with it. I'm just saying, like, I know you agreed with me. Personally, I think those white ones were just too tough, man. All right, quick tidbit. Favorite city jersey from this past year, any team? Ooh, that's that's interesting. Off the top of your head, I don't want you looking it up. Yeah, I don't want you yeah. taking too much time. There's got to be a city jersey that just clicks in your head when you first think of it. Maybe I'm wrong. I know there's one for me. Who's yours? The Atlanta Hawks. Those are the the black ones, right? With the red? They had the they were yellow. Oh, the and yellow they had ones, the yeah. Old, the old, yeah, the those old are cool. Hawk logo across the chest. And the coolest thing, in my opinion, was when they played home, they probably played most of their games at home with the city jerseys on. I can imagine. I think that's a home team thing. But at home, they brought back the old classic court with yes. the, the the hawk with the his wings. I, I'm a huge fan across of across the center yep. of it. So sick. So cool, dude. That's easily my favorite. I think I know that I really liked the Nets one this last year. They made oh, it. It was simple. Boo. You don't oh, like that one? No, man. It was, I, I'm not gonna say your opinion. No, wrong. no. I'm the white, saying. the white. It was a white jersey, right? The white one with the, uh, with like that cool kind of art in the middle logo. I, I like that one because they also changed their court for that they one were black. too. They were black. Yeah. Uh, then they they must have did the white one last year. Then I I can't remember exactly, but I just remember that they changed the court and it matches the. Uh, it matches the the uniform. And I like when they change the court. I kind of wish the Bulls. Obviously I was going to ask you, do you wish the Bulls did something like that or no? The Bulls have such a classic court that they don't need to. But maybe once in a while if they wanted to do like maybe maybe a little light blue trim around the sidelines or something like that. Uh, you know, something to, to do with the, the city jerseys to kind of match it. But obviously we have such an iconic court that you don't really need to do anything to it. So we were both wrong. Uh, this year the Nets – had the blue jerseys with red accents down the side and some stars. It's it's a bit of an homage to um, New Jersey, the New Jersey oh, Nets. Oh, yeah, those were nice. Yeah, very very similar to the New Jersey Nets style. I guess I'm thinking of maybe a couple years ago then. Yeah, but those were nice too. The Nets, the Nets would change their court too for that. Actually, those are one of the better ones in the league. Those Do you remember like- um, San Antonio's? They were really cool. So it, the San Antonio ones, I'm showing them right now, guys. Uh, the San Antonio ones, can you see that? Oh, yeah, those are those are dope, too. That, like, white with the powder blue, too. It's got the, it's got the pink, the and orange, the, yeah. and the blue. Yeah. Um, those are super sick. And they would change their court, too, for that. Yep. Yeah. And then the Thunder had some nice ones, too. Yeah, they, they, they did the whiteout. Yeah. They did the whiteout. That was... I mean, a lot of good decent. ones. A lot of good ones last year. It was a good year for the city jerseys. Bulls were up sure. there too. Bulls were. Uh, Bulls definitely had some of the better ones in the league. I too. think the Bulls had the second best personally, but I, I I can agree with that. That could be biased. No, no bias at all. Um, so final question: What would you like to see? Any like ideas? Now we're not gonna be close because you never know what they're gonna come out with, right? But any ideas for what you might want to see in a Bulls city jersey this coming year? I mean, we already have the black jerseys, but I kind of well, want those. Are those. The, those are our yeah, like our statement. So I was gonna statement. say the the '90s pinstripe jerseys. I kind of want those to bring to be brought. Okay, back. I hear you because the alternate jersey last year 
was the all black with the red accent, right. and they had faint white pinstripes on them. Right. I do like the idea of that as well, but are we really gonna have the yeah, same I jerseys with different color so. pinstripes? So let's let's say that's not a a thing. I would like. No, it's not a thing. Easy. That's not a thing. We had red. We had black the past few years. It's been a while since we had white. So I, I, I'd want something white. Definitely. Okay. And I I I like the Bulls. We did the Chicago flag a couple times. We did the history of Chicago Bulls. I I think the 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 grayish black ones were paying homage to the Chicago Theater. I I'm they not hundred yeah, percent sure, were. but I think they were. They were. So I like the idea of bringing, you know, some iconic Chicago, you know. What if we did like white with like Navy Pier inspired stuff. A Navy Pier would be would cool. Would that be cool? A Navy Pier would be cool. Yeah. But do enough people know Navy, Navy Pier? Navy Pier is pretty, uh, pretty it is, famous. It is, absolutely. Yeah. But it's like, I don't know. I Do enough people know? I, we're There's not... so much, like, historical Chicago stuff. Like, I am I like the idea of using, like, something in the city that people know that the city's famous for, whether it's historical or even recent. Dallas just did the whole skyline. Right. <laughs> they cheated. <laughs> they, they're like, okay. They'll pick out something that they know about the city from this. Yeah. Throughout the but, whole skyline. But yeah, I think cool. white with, with something. White, like all white jersey with like a kind of like a silhouette of Navy Pier could look cool too. I don't know exactly how it would look. I'm not a you know jersey designer, but that idea is, is kind of nice. I think that's something that we should definitely. Because we have the black alternate jerseys, so I think white would be would complement well, it. Well, they're us. all listening, so. Make them jerseys. Make them. So who who makes how does that work? Well, they're made by NBA has the Nike partnership now. So no, I understand that Nike makes the jerseys. Who makes it? Do are there like team designers that come up for each team? I think so. Yeah, I think they they I think they enlist like they have a bunch of designs submitted and then I think someone in the you know, the top tier management votes on the best one. Yeah. I'm sure the players might have some kind of say in it too cuz they're the ones wearing the jerseys, so but yeah, it, I mean, they probably just ask on a lot of Chicago designers to, to submit their best ideas, right? And that that's really cool. And I'm, that goes into the play about how cool the city jersey idea is. And now, uh, and the the NBA so markets teams. them so well because that's the thing. I remember what got me into Bulls mode. What got me into okay, like this is starting up. We're starting to go. Is when our city jerseys came. Yeah, out. yeah. Once you see that and you get the team photos and all, who the do you city think jerseys, is going to model for the the Bulls jersey this year? Probably Demar again, Demar and Zach. If I had to imagine, I don't know why. I have a feeling it could be Io. I'm sure I'll do. Some I don't know why. I I just feel like the first well, guy that always, came to my mind. Is so Io. I guess like everyone usually takes the pictures in them. But yeah, but the one that goes, they have the the one have, like, player the from one. every team that goes. It was Demar last year. Last was Demar? Yeah, I remember They're, one year was Denzel Valentine for us. I think that was with the white ones. Dark days, man. The dark days. He looked good in the jersey. I'm not gonna lie. I'm sure he did. I mean, that jersey can make anyone look good, even Denzel. <laughs> right. Well said. Um, yeah, but that, they market it really well. That's they what do. That's what kind of gets you into the mode. Yeah. Um, it'd be cool to see Io do yeah. that. Or Zach. Yeah. But Lonzo. Caruso. Yeah, I don't think the bald mom is going <laughs> to do the poster child for it. But I don't know, man. I'm I'm excited for it. Maybe we'll see a new court this year, even though it's kind of like a, a no-no to change the Bulls court, right? Right. It's got to be the classic, so. Yeah. The the most we've done within the past 30 years was put some stars on the side of it. 
Yeah, that they got was, rid uh, of the basketball around the logo. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. I'd like that to come back. I'm not gonna lie. It's very old school. It is the basketball. It is. Have the logo inside the basketball. Yeah, anyway, we we can get into that. I feel like we can get into a whole you know three hour episode about. I, I feel like they, the changes we'd want. I feel like they'd rather listen to us talk about this shit than the lack of Bulls news that we. Well, yeah, to. this is fun. You know, we get to. It's a little more open ended. You know, it's not just Zach Levine has been working on his handles. They're like <laughs> fucking hell, dude. Like. We're, we're reaching for straws here for you guys. We're doing our best. The Bulls aren't really giving us much. Like we said before, it's it's slim pickings. Fucking hell. But, again, season's knocking around the corner. Already about to be September. That means training camp coming up. That means the roster will be finalized in a little bit. And eventually, before you know it, preseason will be here. I'm excited to see the young players play. I'm excited to see, you know, Vucevic. And if he can improve from what we saw last year, hopefully Lonzo Ball gets healthy, man. We'll just got to keep riding with the team until yeah. some news comes out. And hopefully it's always good news. All right. Um, something's going to change slightly. We are recording this Monday, the 29th. Our episodes will now be coming out on Tuesday mornings. Um, so August 30th, you guys will be listening to this. So. If you guys are used to seeing them midday on Monday, which is kind of strange, definitely a questionable decision by us, um, that's going to change. So look for them Tuesday mornings. They'll be uploaded pretty early. I think we'll upload them 5 a.m. Tuesday mornings. So when you wake up on your way to work, mowing the lawn, watching Benny the Bull best moments, (laughs) you guys guys will have the, the podcast up. Early on Tuesdays, so take a look for it then. Probably gonna that's probably gonna wrap it up for today. Yeah, we, we covered pretty much everything you could possibly cover about this team this week. Review us on your podcast platforms. Give us a like. DM us. Email us. Follow us on Twitter at the Run With Us Podcast. Uh, our email is the Run With Us Podcast at gmail And. Thank you guys for supporting us. Always run with us, please. Run with us, baby. Peace.